I, I wonder what is central to your Christmas. I wonder what's central to your Christmas. I wonder if it's, maybe it's family. Is family central to your Christmas? Maybe it's the receiving of prezzies. Maybe that's the central thing for you at Christmas. Maybe it's the giving of presents. We uh, went around our neighbourhood and our neighbours yesterday and um, we bought just some jars and chucked some chocolates in it and a little Christmas bauble. And, and um, as, as we went around, um, it just brought so much delight to not just Solara and I because we had these wonderful conversations and great time of getting it, but Kyra would take the, the jar literally. She was bubbling. She was like literally bubbling as she was giving out the gifts. She got so much pleasure in just giving out things. Maybe, maybe that is part of it. And you know what? The, the awesome thing about doing that with our neighborhood neighbors as well was that generosity begets generosity, doesn't it? So we went giving gifts, expecting nothing in return. We, turned, we came back with three squash, a cucumber, and a little box of link balls on the, on the doorstep. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, um, may, maybe for you, it's the Christmas dinner. For me... It, the Christmas dinner, the ultimate of the Christmas dinner, is the ham. This is my ham. It was in the oven last night. It's uh, got a cranberry uh, and and sort of honey glaze on it, and it's just it smells. I woke up this morning and it smells immense. So I can't wait to eat it. Um, and I've got some cream in the fridge. Remember that. If you've been around church for a while, you'll know that these aren't the answers that I'm expecting when I ask what is central for Christmas. Because the answer that I'm really looking for is Jesus. Jesus is central to Christmas. It should be and is. And as we heard yesterday, if you're here, Jordan preached about the righteous, the righteous king. Jesus is the righteous king. Yet he, he said to us, we often put other kings on the throne of our lives. Now, in the Skit Guys video at the start of the service, we saw the nativity scene where Jesus was missing. And that's a problem because they could never find the right little thing to replace Jesus with. Everything they tried to replace baby Jesus never lasted. Because replacing baby Jesus with gummy bears and dog biscuits just it didn't work for them. But any replacement of Jesus from the centrality of the Christmas message, it's not going to last. In fact, this is the message of Christmas, isn't it? Nothing can take the place of Jesus. Jesus is fully central in the nativity scene because he's the central figure of salvation for all of humanity. From the, the wise men, these Gentile wise men, to, to the shepherds who wandered around to find, to a young man ready to take his wife, to a lady who finds herself pregnant, a young lady who finds herself pregnant before time, before her time. And the reality of Christmas is that if we do not have the baby Jesus central, we do not have the nativity, we do not have an ultra special day. I love our nativity scene this year. Um, Corinne's done a fantastic job of setting up the, the nativity. And, and the baby Jesus is central. We're talking about trying to get a, a, a live baby, maybe um, Eliana Stoyanoff, but I don't think she would have stayed there for as long as we probably needed it. We needed it for the last three weeks, so it probably would have been really rough to put a real baby in there. So it's not a real baby, but central and all the, the people around it in the, in the nativity. Um, but always you find baby Jesus lying in the manger. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried playing around with AI, the, the, um, sort of the, the chat GTPs and those sort of things, and tried to make some images. 
I've been having a bit of a plate. And I, I, was, I was trying to put in what would look like if Jesus wasn't in the nativity. And this is what I came up with. If you go to the next slide, Alyssa. All right, so this is what I came up with. All right, so the first two, there was a whole lot of caricature ones. They couldn't take, the computer couldn't take Jesus out of the nativity. The, the computer just couldn't take it out in the first two characters. It was, people were surprised. Where's the baby Jesus going? But they couldn't take Jesus out of the nativity. The, the, one, the one at the bottom here, this, this one, the central one, um, there's no baby in the crib, um, but I feel like the baby's still there, <laughs> like looking up going, where'd I go? Uh, uh, <laughs> the AI could not take it out of the nativity scene. I even said, please take it out, and it said, I can't do that. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, this computer is like a Christian. It's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, anyway, <laughs> they still had the baby Jesus um, in, the central, in, the, in the nativity scene. However, around Jesus in the nativity scene, we have everyone in the whole story. That's why the nativity scene is an important scene. Even though, and the video sort of showed it, everyone came at the same time, even though the shepherds probably never met the wise men, because we know that they came a little bit later. But the nativity scene gives us this one snapshot of the whole time. It paints this beautiful picture of the whole of the Christmas story. And through Advent this year, we've been focusing on the songs of the Saviour, and we've looked at a few of the key people in the nativity scene. We've looked at Mary and, and Joseph in some ways. We looked at some wise men Jordan preached on yesterday. We've looked at, uh, we didn't quite get to the shepherds, but we sort of didn't have a huge focus on them. Um, but we have this, this angel there and, of course, the star pointing the way to Jesus. And over Advent, we've been seeking to see how Jesus has impacted the people of the nativity. But as I pondered that, what the nativity brings to us, I, I thought about the important people of the story because I thought, actually, the nativity and the people of the nativity remind us about who Jesus is also and reminds us that without Jesus, we don't have this story. So this morning, I want to I just point out briefly a few of the stories of the nativity to see that there is no way we can lose or replace Jesus in the nativity scene. Because firstly... Jesus is the greatest gift. This came through Susan's talk. The Magi, these wise men, they weren't locals. Some suggest their journey was a 900-kilometer, 900-mile journey, 1,600 kilometers. That's sort of from, has anyone been to Coffs Harbour? Yeah, a few people have gone to Coffs Harbour. Beautiful place, but you wouldn't walk there. You just wouldn't walk. You probably wouldn't even drive there. You'd fly to Coffs Harbour because it's a 14-hour car trip. So can you, can you imagine walking or going on a donkey to find a, a, a baby? Can you imagine that? That's what these wise men did. And then they bring gifts. And they didn't bring rattles and elf toys. They bring gifts that are for a king. They had a purpose for going on this journey. But this journey, 14, 1,600-kilometer journey, it pales into significance when we look at the journey that God sent his son on to being the greatest gift of all. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. 
The beginning of John's gospel reminds us where Jesus resided prior to him coming down to earth. He was with the heavenly Father, with the Holy Spirit in heaven. They were together as one. And he willingly left heaven, put on skin, and became a baby. The greatest gift of all. Because for God so loved the world that he did give his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The gift that was to each person, it wasn't gold, frankincense, or myrrh. It was he gave his own life. Jesus made this longest journey, heaven to earth, to bring the greatest gift for every single one of us, the forgiveness of sin. You know, as we see the Magi in our nativity scenes, let's remember that great journey that they took, but the even greater one that Jesus took. The second thing we see is we, see, we hear the greatest news. Now, these shepherds, they, they were just doing their jobs. They were shepherding sheep. They were doing what they did. And then this angel comes down and, and freaks them out, just startles them. But they say, hey, I've got some great news to give to you. Luke 2, verse, uh, verse 10 to 11. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's pretty great news. The one that they've been waiting for has finally come and it's been revealed to the shepherds. Then if they weren't already afraid by this angel coming and giving them this sort of news, they then have this whole host of angels appear and start singing at them. I mean, it's pretty daunting, really. Just, you can imagine this group of shepherds just sitting there and the angels, however it worked, just singing. But perplexed, they take off and they find this baby, just what the angel said to do. And upon seeing him, they then leave the manger and they say in Luke 2.17, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. All who heard. This was no ordinary baby. This baby was different. We can only presume that when the shepherds went in, just like the video probably said, they would have sat there and gone, it, it's, a, it's a baby. It, it wouldn't have, Jesus wouldn't have sat up and go, well... Let's uh, talk about what this important thing is. It was just a baby. But there was something different about this baby. This was the one that the, the angels had talked about, and this meant the promised Messiah had come. It was good news that had to be shared. So the shepherds hear it, and they completely change. They go out, and they do something more. They go out and share all about it, and everyone is amazed. It's news that they could not keep to themselves. They become the proclaimers of good news after meeting Jesus. Now, Jesus' mission on earth was to do exactly that as well. And as Jesus began his ministry of healing and sharing from town to town, he says this in Luke 4, I must proclaim the good news. I must proclaim the good news. And this good news is of the kingdom of God to the other towns also. That's why I was sent. Jesus came to proclaim good news. Jesus is that good news. He was the sent one. Jesus was the Messiah that everyone had been waiting for. Yet there were many who would not believe this message. So Jesus went town to town sharing the news of the coming kingdom. As we consider the nativity and we see the shepherds right inside the scene, we see the shepherds, may we remember the good news that comes through Jesus Christ. 
It's information that we can't keep to ourselves. The third thing we see is we find the greatest mercy in the nativity scene. Now, Joseph, we didn't talk much about Joseph over, over, the, um, over the December. But Joseph is probably one of the most overlooked people of the nativity scene. He's important. He's sort of front and centre, but he's sort of always sat behind, um, behind uh, Mary there. He sort of watches over Mary and looks out for the baby Jesus. But we don't hear anything more about Joseph after Luke chapter 2. But what we do here before then is that he was a righteous man, a good man, an honest man, a man who chose mercy over law. Matthew 1 verse 19 says, because Joseph, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph was a law guy. He knew the law. He understood the law. But he was, fa- he was faithful to the law. Yet he was also willing to show mercy to his wife because she was pregnant with God's baby, not his. The word, that word quietly that was at the end of the verse there, it speaks to the character of Joseph, doesn't it? God would intervene and have Joseph accept Mary and raise Jesus as his own. But Joseph acts with obedience, but great mercy a trait that we see Jesus living out all through the Gospels. Because Jesus was full of mercy, not, not getting the bad things that one deserves. That's what mercy is. Not getting the bad things that you actually deserve. We think about the woman caught in adultery. He, he who is without, without sin, throw the first stone. By law, she was deserving of punishment, but the mercy of Jesus freed her. Fast forward to Jesus on the cross. One of the last words Jesus would say as he sacrificed on the cross was, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Lord, show them mercy is what he's saying. Joseph was a man of mercy. Maybe, maybe that's why he was chosen to be the stepdad to Jesus, to the Son of God, who would grow up and teach the world verbally and by action what true mercy meant. And the fourth thing and the final thing that I just want to explore is that the, 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 the nativity scene shows us the greatest sacrifice that ever has. Before the Magi followed a star, before the shepherds were startled by the angels, before Joseph could even show any mercy, Mary had to do one thing. Mary had to say yes. Sometimes I, I can be accused of saying yes way too quickly because I don't want to let people down. But you think about Mary's situation, this wouldn't have been a a quick yes, I'm sure. This yes meant that she would have been looked down upon in society. This meant that it compromised her relationship with Joseph. In all of this, it would have been scary for a young girl to be pregnant in a world that wouldn't have seen it as the right thing. But Mary's voice rises all above that and says, I am the Lord's servant May it be to me according to your word. It's a massive statement. Mary's saying, yes. Mary's saying, it's not my will, God, but yours be done. Mary sacrificed her livelihood in order to do the will of God. Little did she know that her baby would grow up and say the same thing in the garden the night before his death. Jesus understood that his whole ministry would revolve around doing the will of God. 
above and beyond his own self. In John 6, 38, it says, For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. Jesus, he taught his followers to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will, your will. And in the garden he prayed what Mary was saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus continually chose God's will over his own. Jesus knew his mission was a great journey, to bring great news, to show mercy and to do the will of the one who sent him. Imagine if we took him out of the nativity. No wonder nothing can replace him. No wonder nothing can try and replace him. And that's what we've got to make sure we don't do in our lives. Not just on the nativity scene that sits on your mantelpiece, but on the central point of our lives. So it's a great challenge. I think we can safely say that Jesus is the most important and central figure of the nativity. He's the gift, the good news, the mercy found in the manger. God's perfect and good will for each and every one of us. Jesus would grow up and say, very truly I tell you, all who have faith in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. See, Jesus in that statement is saying that he sees so much in each and every one of us, probably more than he sees in ourselves. We too can be the sharers of this good news. We too can be the givers of mercy. We too can take a journey across the street to hand a bit of chocolate to a neighbour and say, God bless you. So this Christmas, as you look into your nativity scene as you go home, as you consider it through the day, firstly make sure that Jesus is front and centre and not sort of falling out of the manger and on the ground somewhere. It's important. But secondly, don't, don't bypass it as just another nativity scene. Don't, don't be like in the Maya windows where, where everyone crowded around Bluey and left the other, other window just vacant. Stop. Stop and remember the very real Jesus and the importance of Christmas. Let me pray. Our Lord and God, I thank you that you saw fit to send your son, Jesus, that we can celebrate him, that we can give thanks for him, that we can be saved by him. And God, I pray this morning that as we go out, that you will give us a renewed spirit. May we not put anything in front of you. May we not replace Jesus with the things that are around. May we enjoy things, but may we not replace Jesus with things. So Lord, bless us this Christmas as we reflect on you. In Jesus' name, amen.